0: Yeah. They got a lot of bullshit on these radio stations these days. So we resort to the podcast. Because that's the only spot you can get the truth from. From the true artists. Tapped into the underground. Let's Let's go. Let's go. 30. Yeah. Tryna trying to delve in the mind of an artist who's honest We ain't trying to market the nonsense We on this Planning for all this it office is awesome And y'all done listening to awful and awkward Songs in rotation on stations and losses Creativeness, ain't it a shame that this all come right to an end But we all must seek to reach a mighty, mighty master With Lawson, E.N.T. Shit
1: What's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, and Mighty Mighty Marston House is back. It has been a it has been a long time. I believe that we wrapped up our 14th episode in the summer sometime, and uh, took a break to figure out if this show had proof of concept, if we liked the way that it was going, uh, what the fans thought, and honestly, to get some other things done. In our lives, and I've had many people come to me saying they want Mighty Mighty Marson House back. They enjoy the show. They enjoy the conversations. We love hearing from these artists about their creative process, their lyrics, about hip hop. It's such a great show. So we've brought it back this week. We'll feature Denver artist Trev Rich, uh, and then we have some Philly artists Hezekiah and Rich Quick in the coming weeks. So. If you're listening to this on Lost and Entertainment, uh, if you go into iTunes, you may end up seeing two feeds. Uh, for those of you that would like to subscribe, there's one that says The Official Feed. That is the one to listen to. We're switching hosts, which means there's two feeds in there right now, but it'll get taken care of. Just make sure that you subscribe to The Official Feed. Second, before we get to the interview with Trev Rich, Marston House is opening a new... Uh, Studio in Philly, and that's part of the, we're releasing now to help celebrate that. If you are in Philly, if you are a Philly artist and you need to book some studio time, get your studio time done by the best studio in the city, 609-496-8031. That is the phone number to call or text if you want to book a session at Marson House Recording, they are near Temple University. If you need a geographic location, they're in that area. And then, of course, those of you that are familiar with the show, remember we do an interview and then we release a cipher. Marson House does these awesome ciphers at their place. Of course, it's been a while with the, since they've been building the new studio. But traditionally, they, they do these awesome ciphers with uh, 7 to 12 artists all just doing amazing things. And they released those via video on their YouTube page. YouTube.com slash House. M-A-R-S-T-E-N-X-House. Uh, you can watch the, the ciphers there, but a lot of people wanted an audio version of, of these good ciphers. So if they put out a new cipher, I'll put that into an MP3 form or I'll take an old goodie and that'll, I'll always put out a cipher into the same feed, and it's only available on iTunes. You won't find it on LawsonEntertainment.com, so it's a reason to subscribe to the, the podcast in iTunes, uh, or Stitcher will be on Stitcher soon, because the ciphers, uh, these awesome ciphers, will be coming out uh, a couple days after each interview. I think that's all I have for you. Be sure to... Keep following the show. If you are a hip-hop artist and you think you deserve the opportunity to be on this show, you can contact me, Lawson, at LawsonEntertainment.com, and we'll get you booked on the show to talk about your work, your music, and your creative process. Here's my interview with Trev Rich. Enjoy. Alright, so Trev Rich, the first time that I heard you was actually on the Dreams track that appeared on a, on one of Joe Budden's albums. And um, what's a, what's awesome about the internet is it immediately let me just, you know, I can just Google a name and boom, there's like music everywhere, right? This is something that's benefited new age artists. How has technology, we'll start there. How has technology, do you think, been able to enhance your career as a young artist?
2: ah uh, man, like the internet basically... Takes the place of labels. You know, labels did you know, for a long time and, you know, getting the, getting the music out there. Like you can use the internet and you can use blogs and you know different sites to get your music to people that you don't have to be. You know, it's not hand to hand anymore. You could be from anywhere. They could be from anywhere. Your fan base can be anywhere. Like I've never been to South Africa. I've never been to the UK, and I have fans it Then that's from using you know, a simple click of a button. To, to get these people to listen to my music, so I feel like the internet does a lot it's given us a lot, and it's taken away a lot. I'll say that
1: What do you think it's taken away? Because I think that's definitely the other side of it, and something that maybe younger artists don't understand because they're sort of just either used to their A and R being a computer these days. Yeah. you know what do you think technology's taken away?
2: It's taken away the radio for sure, you know what I'm saying like you don't need a radio in your car at all. <laughs> you can plug your phone up and you can go to different sites and you can go to SoundCloud and, you know, do that. Like, so i say radio is one thing. And two is like projects and, and, and the music gets old faster. You know, if that makes sense. Because you can listen yeah. to it a hundred times in a row and you can be tired of it. You know, as to where when I was growing up, we had to wait for a song to get on the radio. You know, i wait for a CD to drop. and It's like these singles, you can go on Hot New Hip Hop and, you know, like, Rap Radar, Two Dope Boys, and you can listen to something over and over and over again. So so I feel like it, that's, that's one thing that's taken away. Like, music gets old way faster now. You got to put out a lot more music to stay relevant than, you know, before it.
1: That's so true, and it's, uh, you know, one of the places I've listened to your music is on SoundCloud at com slash trevrichhd, and I noticed that one of the comments that someone left on one of your tracks was, this is radio-worthy, and my first thought was, like, why would this be on the radio? Like, who listens yeah. to the radio? <laughs> like, that, that's why it's on SoundCloud, because it doesn't need to be on the
2: radio. Pretty much. You know, that's that's the biggest thing, like, as a young artist, you want to be, you want radio play, you know, because there's a, there's different types of fan bases. You have the, the older, you know, I'll say more, more radio in tune, you know, people who's not really in tune with the internet like that. You know, they, they listen to the radio, but as far as the younger generation and, you know, like the people who's coming up and being a younger artist, like that's not where our fan base comes from you know, but you you do want radio play. Radio play is just, it it will expand your fan base, but like the the youngins and, you know, the people who contact me and majority of my fan base, they're this the age of being online. You know, it's just like, whenever I drop, you know, we, we went from getting thousands of hard copies to getting 300, 400, you know, 500 hard copies for the city because all the youngins are already online buying it off of iTunes. It's way easier to get, product out there. So I feel like there's a lot of people who's doing it, you know, and just trying to get get a quick dollar off of like whatever you rap for, whatever you make music for, you know, that that's your own opinion. But it's like the game is getting watered down really. It's everybody in everybody now. Because it's so easy to do music. You know, it's it's easy to make a page online. It's easy to buy likes. It's easy to you know, like you can you can be a totally different person online than you are in real life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost, you can still hold those separate lives uh, while still being 100% of the artist online and 100% who you are offline.
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly. You need both. And, and what I had to figure out was like, you know, I was really getting, especially after this joke, you know, we call it alley-oop, that's what we called it. So with him putting dreams on, on his project and, you know, he didn't even rap on it, you know, so that was like a big deal, but it was a big deal online. You know, it's like people in in the city, you know, in my city, you still have to do that footwork to be, like, in these streets, you know what I'm saying, and in these clubs and doing shows and events to really build your fan base offline. But a lot of people focus so much online, they don't realize that you still have to do these things offline as well. So now when your online presence matches your offline presence, that's when you get into it.
1: So for the people that maybe are less familiar with you, Trev, let's go back to when you were first introduced to hip-hop. And you're you're from Denver, which is a location that is, how guess, you say it, less less uh, brought up in the <laughs> hip-hop culture. So I'm even interested to know how someone in the Denver area gets introduced to the culture.
2: Man, okay, so the crazy thing is my family is from here. You know, like my parents, it wasn't like one of those stories where my dad is from this place and my mom is from this place. Both my parents are from here. But like the thing about the culture here is we're a consumer state. So, you know, like people come here for shows and like people come here three, four times a year for shows, you know, like big, big artists because we've never been like a hub for hip hop. You know, we've always just like everybody buys it, everybody buys it, buys it, buys it, buys it. And like really the culture now versus when I was growing up is totally different because it's like we have... Built a culture here that there are hip hop artists here as well, selling out shows and getting paid. You know, it's not just people coming from out of town and these mainstream artists. It's like we have our own hip hop culture here now. You know, where where we pushing because it has never been done before. Like right now, you know, we creating history when but- it comes to being Denver artists because I feel like like there's there's been people who've done it before us and you know like they, they paved the way. But, like, I I feel like the artists that we have now, they're ready to kick the door down so we can be on the map musically. But, like, growing up, it was all East Coast, West Coast. That's Right. You had half of the city who was listening to East Coast music. Half of the city was listening to West Coast music. And it was like, I didn't really get introduced to East Coast music until I was probably, like, 13, 14 years old.
1: So what were you, do you remember, like, what some of the first tracks or the first dime you listened to was?
2: The first album that I bought was Bone of Your Harmony. The second one was Country Grammar by Nelly. And then good I think album. The, yeah. And then I think the third one was Get Rich Die Trying. Those were the, the albums that I bought myself. Right. You know? So, like, when you think about it, you're not saying, like, NWA. You're not saying, like, the Jay-Zs and the and You know, like, that was, like, the generation above us. You know? Like, that's what they grew up on. Like, my friends put me on Jay-Z when I was, like, 15 years old. Like, really heavily into a wing, you know, because it was like when I was growing up, it was too different. It was it was way different, like, cultures of music, you know, when, with the bars and the metaphors. and You know, that I really got introduced to that on the East Coast. I was hearing so- gangsta, gangster music and life music and, you know, where it wasn't a bar. It didn't make you really – it explained it like the Tupac and. You know what I'm saying? Like Tupac and Biggie is two totally different people, but I got a certain emotion out of Tupac's music, and I got a certain knowledge out of out of Biggie's music. You know what I'm saying? Not saying I didn't get that knowledge out of Pac's music, but Pac to me was more emotion. I got yep. way more emotion. You know what I'm saying? And with Biggie, I got knowledge. Like, oh man, that was crazy how he hit that bar, and that bar. That's when I really learned bars.
1: So when did when did Trev Rich start making music?
2: Um, I was about. I really started making music when I was, like, 14 years old.
1: What was that first, uh, you know, so bring us through your creative process then. So, like, when you were first making music, were you just grabbing instrumentals and freestyling over them? Were you writing songs? And then how did that evolve over time?
2: My first introduction was poetry. Like, that was what I did. You know what I'm saying? I I I would just write and write and write and write, and I never imagined myself like putting it on a beat and you know listening to it but <clears throat> then it kind of turned into you know, like freestyling you know at lunch and you know you with your boys and you know what i'm saying that was kind of like the biggest thing and then there was this producer and four clips he was like yo i got a studio at my house you should come record at my house you know and this is like high school like i'm like yeah, i didn't really care about it at all <laughs> you know it was just like something to do because we was bored and stuff but then you know it, it really got to a point where when I turned eighteen, nineteen, I started taking it seriously. and people were like, "Yo, you could really rap, and you could really make it." So that's kind of when you know I, I I turned into Rocky. That was my name at the time it was Rocky, you know. So that's when I kind of turned into him. And then after that, you know, A. C. I came out, Rocky Fresh came out, Rocky Diamonds came out. So I just went by my real name. You know what I'm saying? Trev is my real name, president. So that's how that came about.
1: When did you notice a significant Jump in your talents. Like when can you remember a moment when uh, you got finished with a song or a performance at some point? And you're like, bam! Like I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this now.
2: Um, I say it was a song called Lodi. You know, I was just playing around, basically making a song. Like you, it was one of those songs where it's not like you're not getting lyrical tricks. It's really like some club, and you know, but it became like the biggest record in the city, and. That like shocked me because I just did it just to do it, you know, and it was like fun. And then I sent it to the, a DJ, a big DJ out here, named DJ K Tone. So K Tone like got into all the DJs, like you know, and did that got me like my first big good. So that's when I was like, all right, this is real now, you know, it's like this is not a, it's not a game anymore. He started pressing up CDs and you know he's doing shows and it was like that that was my moment of saying, all right, I'm a rapper now, <laughs> you know, like this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life.
1: You said like when you were growing up Denver was half east coast half west coast as far as what the culture was consuming. When do you think and you said that that was right around your when you were like 13 so then at what point does Denver do you think start creating its own identity at least for itself?
2: Man, I feel like California has such a big influence on Denver. Yeah. You know like musically so there was a, there's a lot of people who, you know, sound like they have like a, a California style, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, everybody's different. This is a melting pot of creativity. You know, as to where you would say, you would hear somebody and be like, oh yeah, they're from California. Or you would hear somebody and be like, oh man, they they probably from the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? Like the talent here, you get everything. People can actually literally do any and everything you know, so when when you hear an artist and, and somebody like me, like people ask me all the time, am I from the East Coast? And I'm like, no, I'm not from, I'm from Denver. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we are creating our own culture based off of how we came up. You know, so yeah. when people, when, when you hear somebody from Denver, you might sound like, they might sound like, oh, he got a little West Coast feel to him. Or they might sound like, oh, he has an East Coast feel to him. But I feel like the artists that we have and the artists that are really pushing, you know what I'm saying, the agenda for Denver to be on the map, it'll get to a point where they're going to just say, man, they from Denver. That's what we working hard because we had that stigma on us that we wanted to be just like Cali. We wanted to be just like uh, New York. We wanted to be just like, and I feel like that comes from anybody who's trying to make it out in a small city. You know what I'm saying? Like we're building the culture, but the culture's not built yet. So to say something has a Denver sound, no, you just have Denver artists. You know what I'm saying? And we're building our own sound. But as far as the world, the world doesn't know what a Denver, Denver Sound is. So that's why I feel like why I like we create history right now.
1: Do you think that people, believe like when they first hear you and think that you're from the East Coast, do you think that's out of your delivery and your lyricism? Or do you think that may, I think that may actually be out of your beat choices. I can see how they can, that they may, uh, their beat choices may appear to be a little East Coast. What do you think?
2: I think it could be, it could be like, like in my mind, more up tempo beats are way better for you know what I'm saying, my delivery and my voice. But then sometimes you get that up tempo West Coast feel. Sometimes you get that up tempo East Coast feel. You know, so I feel like my my flow is is it more of a geographical standpoint. It's more of a tempo. You know what I'm saying? Like you get a uh, like DJ Mustard. He has a tempo. You know what I'm saying? He he's real West Coast. But like that's why I feel like I don't want to say my beat selection is all East Coast. My beat right. selection is always, you know what I'm saying? I have different different beat selection. you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's, my biggest thing is when I get the right tempo, that's when you're going to hear Trez at his best.
1: Trez, so I mentioned at the top of the interview that the first time I was introduced to you was uh, through the Dreams track. Uh, each show, I always try to pull a lyric or two that I want to talk to the artist about, and usually I try to go for like a serious, profound lyric. But there's there's one line in Dreams that every time I hear it stands out. I want to talk to you about it. Uh, I even tweeted it out earlier.
0: What do what you know, know about-, about, about? It is
1: it is <laughs> it is probably some of the most nostalgic uh, hip hop lyric that I've ever heard. I'm assuming you were a big Goldeneye fan at one point.
2: Oh, yeah. That was the... Man, we had the codes. We had all four (laughs) controllers. Man, that was like... you get As kids, you get us on that golden eye and we'll be probably there three, four days. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) at a time. You know what I'm saying? Days. That was really like... And the crazy thing about it is when people always post about dreams, that is the lyric that they post about. The exact stream. So I knew. When you (laughs) said dreams, I knew. (laughs) That's kind of like... Like that—that's that, one of my favorites. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when I do it, it shows. Like, that's one of those you drop the beat out and the crowd finishes it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really like the lyrics in that song, and I feel like I got a lot of fans off of that lyric.
1: <laughs> I, I can uh, I can see that. Do you remember? Did you always have four players? Because it, it was always. Man, if you had five players and you were doing that like last person, last place, like give up the controller. Goldeneye got intense at moments with, the, oh, with yeah, that. Oh it,
2: yeah, it definitely did. And then it kind of got to like when you didn't when you didn't have everybody with you, like trying to beat the game and do like the, the story mode and stuff. Man, Goldeneye was the, that, that was the game. at the time.
1: <laughs> do you uh, are you still a gamer now? Oh yeah, definitely. What are you playing
2: right now? Man, actually, I just left the living room and Call of Duty is being played right at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like that. I like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so the other lyric that I do have pulled up, uh, Trev, is it's actually the, the the lead line out of the break, and uh, you say, <laughs> "I'm drinking drink so to be fearless, fearless.
0: so I can feel less." Might pass out, well,
1: I think it's I an stop. interesting it's point, fast point fast. on that drinking. Is something people use for so many different reasons. Do you find yourself when motivated uh, to partake? Are you are you going into it for celebration, or do you are you a uh, drown the sorrows kind of guy?
2: I could say I've been both. Recently, just with you know, like a lot of the, the project dropping and getting success all over, like it's been a celebration. <laughs> but you know, like during that time. Like, I feel like when people hear, hear my music, they can tell, like, you know, I've been in certain situations in a couple different relationships, and they turned, they turned out a, a different way. You know, so the break was kind of drowning in sorrow because, like, I'm trying to figure out how to make my career and my relationship coexist, and at that point it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It was not. Nice. it just it just didn't happen. It didn't work out. So that was kind of a drown to sound was let's get in the booth and put these. put these all on wax so I could get over it. <laughs> that was one of those. <laughs> so
1: about the new project and we'll we'll round off with this. Uh the Way We Love E P just released uh at the end of December Uh, with the lead track acting up coming off of it acting up will be the feature track at the end of the interview before we get there though tell us about this project the inspiration behind it anything any insight you can give your fans on the creation of this ep
2: yeah so i don't want to spoil the surprise but this is the first you know so i have a project that's already done already mastered already ready to go you know and that what i did was i used the way we love to kind of like give my fans something and tell them I'm back and also to set up the next project which is called Strag Lord so the the way we love is kind of all of my relationships you know just different pieces different points being all of them in one project so it's kind of like you know you get your heart broken and then like a lot of the times when people get their heart broken they go into this this bitter stage you know what I'm saying? Like this bitter, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to mess with nobody serious. I'm not going to take nobody serious. I'm going to hurt everybody. So Strag Lord is kind of the the bounce back. It's the, I will say it's the latter of both projects. You know what I'm saying? Like the way we love, I got my heart broke. Strag Lord is the bounce back, if that makes sense. So we put the way we love together, I did three months because I wanted to drop Strag Lord, but they was like, we got to set it up. We have to set it up. It's too big of a project to not set up. And the thing about it is I didn't think the, the fans were going to take to the way we love the way they did. So I'm, I'm pretty sure when Strag Lord drops, he's going to like, that's going to be the project to do you know, in my eyes.
1: Very cool. Each, uh, each time I talk to a uh, hip-hop artist, Trav, I've always got a, a few quick questions I want to ask them. The first one, uh, if they're dead or alive, if you could collaborate with an MC, who would you get on the track tomorrow?
2: Ooh, dead or alive, man, that's tough. <laughs> dead or alive, and it had to be an MC.
1: No, I any artist.
2: I'm gonna say Bob Marley.
1: Bob Marley, okay, that's I think it's a first. Um, same same idea, only for a producer.
2: Ooh, man, that's that's tougher than an artist, <laughs> cause I I know what I want to hear and I know how it has to sound. I want to do a collab production. Okay. So I'll say I'll do a collab production with 40 Drake's producers and Timberlaine. Okay. I oh, will. Wow. Yeah. I would want All to right. hear a song that, that's produced by both of them, too. <laughs> and then
1: if there was anywhere in the world that you haven't performed at that you would want to do a full set concert at, where would you want to perform?
2: South Africa. The reason I say that is because my fan base in South Africa is ridiculous. Like, every time I drop a project, it's really like, man, when you coming out here, man, when you coming out here? And it's just like we're trying to figure it out. So I just just did that to really speak it into existence because we're trying to make that happen right now. I'm actually talking to a booking agent over there who wants to book me in South Africa. So I really want to speak that into existence because I have a dope fan base over there.
1: Wonderful! I hope that happens, Trev. We're following you on all the social medias. Uh, you've managed to brand them all the same, Trev Rich HD, on all of them: Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, yeah, and yeah. the rest. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> the The featured
1: track is acting up. Is there anything we need to know about this song that you didn't touch on earlier?
2: Uh, this was really the the surprise. I never planned on it to be a single. But how a majority of the people took to it, it just has to be. So, you know, acting up is is, is the big, the big song, I feel the way you love know, man.
1: Wonderful. Trev, thank you so much for your time. And we're looking forward to that concert in South Africa.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate that.
0: Say she got a hard bro by a bro nigga. and she fucking with a go-getter. But that don't make her a go nigga. I just fuck her better than her old nigga. That's why she be acting though. What she be acting up? Cause I be acting a fool and I make a lay for work at and school and I get her dripping like a pool and If I don't do what I do and Then, then she can tell I guess it ain't about the money now It's funny how When I come around She just wanna tongue me down Chopper style She want a hundred rounds I could leave a hundred Hundreds on the ground Come back and I bet I see them a hundred Hundreds on the ground I ain't lying And if she ask I say it's fine I say she fine I say she mine I say it's time Because my dick gang A plus Tell that little nigga Get his grades up He just want to back She gon' tell him away. Cause he took her for granny I took her off a of stake Then I took her back home She took it all off I took her for a Cruel, but she took it all dog, and she gon' answer every time I call dog She say she had to work, I said I'm free, she called up. Hey, she like money, but I know she feelin' Cause she go crazy whenever I get busy she, she got a hard bro, a bro nigga Now she fuckin' with a go-getter But that don't make her a gold nigga I just fuck her better than an old nigga That's why she be actin' though But she be acting up. Cause I be acting a fool I make her late for work at school And I get her dripping like a fool If I don't do what I do and Then she gets acting on I fuck a proper, make her call me papa Nigga call my phone block like a fucking thought. I let her check the nigga I ain't gon' block her Real nigga, that ain't my place Cause this ain't gon' stop I can tell by how she talkin' that she all about it She say she bout it And she can't go a day without it The head boy be wakin' up the neighbors They say she only get as crazy as you make her That's why I keep her crazy ass right on the side of me I know she lied to the judge way before she lied to me Feelin' like a nigga hit the lottery Every time she massaging me, I think monogamy My exes should be proud of me I finally became the nigga that they saw in me Probably not, but I ain't trippin' cause we hot And every time I hit a spot, she don't want me to stop Say she got a hard bro bar, bro nigga Now she fuckin' with a go-getter But that don't make her a gold nigga I just fuck her better than an old nigga That's why she be actin' up That's why she be actin' up Cause I be actin' the fool I make her late for work at school, and then I get her dripping like a pool, and if I don't do what I do, and then, then she can tap, you know.